Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town World, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. I'm Lee Creech and I'm here with my sister. She's back, Kayla Couples. She's back from vacation, her tropical vacation. <laughs> How was it? It was very good, very good. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to make anybody jealous or anything, but you know, yeah. it was lovely. Uh, today we're going to talk about information overload. We are, you know, like we've discussed, we're in the age of information. So there's tons of things out there that we can access. It's like Elizabeth said last week in 3.5 seconds, we can look up anything. So I was thinking about it this morning and just in preparation for today and um, just doing some last minute research and thinking about there's really, there's so many good things too. Like I'm so thankful for the access that we have because I, I do like to learn. And because of that, I love that I can, if I'm reading a book, I can look up a word immediately and know what it is and then keep going. Or I yeah. can look for a fact or, or I can seek out someone that I love to listen to or, or someone that I believe is, you know, speaking truth and I can hear them in a moment and, just the access to praise and worship that we have. And I mean, there's yeah. so many good things. There's wonderful aspects to but it. But for every good the thing, there's a, there's a bad thing. I mean, you right. know, as, as good as it is, the other side of that is the danger of... There's a dark side to yeah, everything. Of the overload, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I also thought about the information overload is in the fact that it, you know, I talk about adult ADD sometimes, yes. and I used to not have that, but I really do think I have it now. But I can't, my mind sometimes can't slow down or focus on one thing because my mind is trying to move so fast to keep up with yeah. everything. I, uh, and thinking, thought about that too, in that we are so overstimulated and that, you know, the, the problems that people have sleep in and the problems that people have processing information and yeah. the fact that we can't remember we remember very little about things because we have so much, you know, our, our brains aren't designed to do that. And, right. um, something I read said we had like a thousand thoughts a minute, but we can actually, or, um, I think it was thoughts, but it, it, bits of information to process was basically whether it's through our eyes or all of our senses or what we're thinking, but our brain can actually only process about 50 of those. So when you think yeah. about the overload of that, that we can really only process about 50, and then I that's mean, why I transpose numbers yeah, and letters it's coming and, from everywhere. Yeah. And like we, our brains just aren't designed to be that stimulated constantly like we yeah. are. Yeah. And I'm not dyslexic. <laughs> I'm no. not, I'm really not, but I do do that. I find myself doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cause I'm trying to do things so fast. Yes. The adult ADD kicks in and I'm thinking about <laughs> something else and I'm writing the same thing that I, yeah. Yeah. So. And then just the busy, I mean, not just information, but just the busyness of our lives. I mean, it's just crazy how much, you know, we all have yeah. on our plates and has to be accomplished in a day and um, it can cause the overload as well, right? Yes, for sure. We, uh, we looked up, so we looked up some, uh, some statistics I did of uh, how many people were on Twitter, how many people were on Facebook, how many people are on Instagram and YouTube. And then compared that to our worldwide population. So right now, there are 7.9 billion people on the planet. Um, there, it said there were 192 million people on Twitter 
2.8 billion people on Facebook, 1.074 billion people on Instagram, YouTube was 2.3 billion people. So if you took those numbers, just the 2 to the 8, you're looking at one-fourth of the world population on some type of social media. At any given point At any given point in the day, right. There's a quarter, a quarter of the world. A quarter of the world at any given moment is on some form of social media. Yeah, and then I thought, well, you rule out children under five, which sometimes they're on. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they're on it. And then you rule out people in, you know, poverty-stricken areas that don't have access to technology. Right. You really think that pretty much every adult that's in Western and Eastern civilization is on some type of device. It's pretty much, I mean, I think you could safely say that. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably say the percentage is higher when you do take out those that don't have access or that are incapable of using it for whatever reason, yeah. age or disability. So we're probably really much closer to half. Yeah. And and that's at any given point in the day. So yeah. like I was saying, probably everybody at some point is on, that's an adult with yeah. some type of capability is on it at some point. Um, which there are people that don't use it. There are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think sometimes, too, we... Uh, just because you don't use all of them, like I've, I'm, I don't use Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I've never, you know, just I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. But I'm on Instagram often, right. and I'm on Facebook often, and right. um, so yeah. just because you're not on one doesn't mean you're not on another. Phil Robertson, the Duck Commander, the yeah. famously uh, the Unashamed podcast they have, uh, he talks all the time about you know he doesn't have a cell phone, he doesn't have a cell phone and no technology, and he calls it the little black box. <laughs> y'all carry in your hand little black box and he says stuff like that i'm thankful for the little black box because that's how y'all are hearing me but i don't want any part of it you know so it's funny yeah uh i wrote what i wrote what discernment is and that's because that's really what we're going to talk about yeah it's it's um we're getting all this information we have all this information at our fingertips but discerning what we should be taking in who we should turn off you know and who we should follow, discern biblical discernment, uh, the sound judgment which makes possible the distinguishing of good from evil, the recognition of God's right way for His people. It's necessary for understanding of spiritual realities, and on a practical level, for right government and the avoidance of life's pitfalls. What would you say in response to that? I think that. So discernment itself is one of the things that God encourages us in his word to have. And he gives us all of the necessary means by which to be able to do that. And um, we were sharing in our Sunday school class yesterday morning about um, a particular um, king of Israel. And one of the points that the book made that we were reading was that this particular king was... um, godly but he was unwise and i think that that is what we are prone to as christians all of us um we can love god with all our heart but if we don't know what his word says then we are we are going on what we feel what we see what seems right to us what someone else tells us is may be right or wrong and um it isn't that we don't love god and i think that that even when we go back, I know what you and Elizabeth talked about last week, what we talked about the week before with the things going on in, in our churches today, 
that many people are being deceived that love Jesus. Yeah. They're seeking, and that's why they're watching and looking and listening and reading. Right. And so it isn't, you know, there's this misconception that if someone is deceived, it's because they don't love God. And and that's just wrong because we're all prone to it. We are we all have to make that decision to seek out discernment through the Lord because if we don't, we we are just as capable of being misled, being deceived, um, as anybody else because And someone pointed out recently um, that it takes work. It does take work and commitment to to know. It takes study. It takes study. It takes lifelong pursuit. Yeah. 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 Um, We talked about, you and I talked about signaling. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Do you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Well, first explain what it is. And then. um, So signaling is. Uh, when I first kind of picked up on that word, hearing it in different um, political com- uh, commentary, just hearing the word signaling, uh, it was used, the guy that I was listening to, actually it was Ben Shapiro. Y'all can go and listen to Ben Shapiro's podcast about signaling. And he was talking about um, how signaling begins in nature, how mm-hmm. birds signal each other. That's how uh, birds Animals procreate through signaling. Um, sometimes signaling is visual, and sometimes it's auditory. You hear, they make sounds uh, to signal. Um, so I looked up what, vir- and now you hear the word, you hear the term virtue signaling. So I'm going to read to y'all what virtue signaling. What is virtue signaling? The action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or moral correctness. And that's huge right now. They, um, their people are pushing virtue signaling. So I put an example. So putting your preferred pronoun behind your name on your profile. So if you're a woman, you would put he, she, I mean her, she behind with a slash behind your name. And why would you do that? If you are a straight woman, you would do that to signal to someone else that you agree with LGBTQ causes you know, you're letting them know, hey, I agree with you guys. I'm I'm on your side. I'm so you're saying if you see that um, in someone's profile, that that what they're doing is they're using that as a way to identify themselves as yes. a sympathizer of Absolutely. that they're, movement. I'm sympathetic to your movement. I'm sympathetic to your causes, even though I don't need to identify myself, you know, but there's... Sh- because they're straight. Why would they? Right. Are they not trans? Why would they need to put her? She might. They're married kids. Yes. <laughs> it's signaling. It's letting people know. Uh, I so, sympathize with that movement. Yes, absolutely. So what are some, uh, what are some other um, uses of signaling, maybe politically or socially now? What are some? Yeah, we talked about that term lived experience. If you hear somebody say, well, that was their lived experience. That's a, that's a term that's signaling that's letting you know that again they're sympathetic with um t- cert- that certain movement the social justice movement they're sympathetic yeah. with that movement they're involved in that movement um and then we talked about a little bit last week and we you and I had talked about it too about changing the terminology so it's the same words love for instance yes. means something different in that movement than it does in typical historical yeah. Christianity, yeah. in God's and justice version. as well. And justice yeah. as well. 
those are those are signaling yeah items so we do signaling because i've been thinking more about that since you and i talked about it and i thought you know i really hadn't thought much about it but we use signaling as well christians do absolutely so when we were because shane and i flew recently we were going through the airport and we had a particularly friendly um the tsa crew that took us through security that did the security check for us in in jackson mississippi and they were so nice they were just very just respectful and just and we've had some really nasty nasty experiences in security over the years and so when you come across it you know it's we often acknowledge it because it's so rare and so we just pointed out that we were so thankful like we just appreciated them being so kind and respectful and all that and um the it was a a lady that had was on the other side of the um security check and she was talking with us and one of the agents and she said you know we appreciate nice people and all that and um you know, you can just kind of tell when you're kind of feeling each other out, you know, and she said uh, something about love and you, you can just, you can just, you can do your job and be a nice person. And, um, I can't even remember what I said, but she said, uh, something about, she said, Jesus is what yeah. she said. And, and, um, we said, absolutely. But it was so funny because we were reading each other as to how to much gauge to what you could say to say to see what you could say do you, you know what i'm saying Absolutely. and i thought it just struck me so when i walked away that that's exactly what we were doing we were she and i were both kind of signaling because we were we were kind of bouncing off of each other how much can yeah. i share with you yeah you know and and it be okay and it be okay and it be okay yeah and um, i thought yeah so we we do it in the church too we and we use terminology cuz that's a big thing right now words yes. and terminology uh are, are huge right now and picking up on different words and catching phrases. And we do do that we within do. the church. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the, and like you said, just in the Christian community at large. And so, um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's just interesting that we do it. You know, we do it too. Everybody does it. Yeah. So just the, the connotation of it is different, of course. And that was part of Ben's in the Ben Shapiro podcast. Whenever he was talking about that, that was what he was saying that that it's natural. That it's yeah. It begins very basic in in nature, and then it works its way up. And it's natural for people to do that yeah. to identify like minded people. Like minded people. Yeah. Yeah. So I backtrack a little bit. Oh. There's something I wanted to point out. Elizabeth and I, hey, I had a correction. <laughs> so the verse that I talked about last week, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So that's actually found in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Elizabeth thought maybe that it was in James, but it wasn't. And that's the full verse. What we were talking about in James uh, James two seventeen faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So both are necessary. And we were talking to backtrack just a little bit. We were talking about uh, the fact that that progressive movement is so works based. Yeah, they're they're worried about what you're doing. Um, so we had some scripture for well, today. Just Go in back. that real quick, it, it just reminds me that how the enemy just takes a little bit of truth, mixes it with the lie because. Obviously, the Bible does point out that as Christians, we should be. Works are an, an expression of our faith. 
they are that outworking of what we believe. And so works are a necessary part of Christianity because we do it because we love the Lord and we want to serve him and we want people to know him and we want to grow his kingdom. And so works is that natural outflow of that. And so, of course, the enemy is going to use that and make it like he's been doing for centuries, that that is the way. That's yeah. the way to be a Christian is is through works. Yeah. Um, without the faith in Christ. Put uh, put feet to your faith. Uh, my father-in-law gets so upset sometimes over political things, and he uh, was listening to a sermon, and he the the man had said that it wasn't necessary to vote. Just pray. Just pray for the vote. It wasn't necessary to vote. And uh, anyway, he got so frustrated. He went outside and. Um, so my sister-in-law went out to talk to him and she said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I was going to just sit inside and pray that my shed would get fixed. He said, but I decided I better put feet to my faith and come out here and actually work on my shed or it probably wouldn't get done if I just sat inside and prayed about it. So it was pretty hot about that. That was before the election. That the pastor was telling people that they didn't need to vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. Pray about oh. the election. Yeah. But faith, putting feet to our faith. Yes. Necessary. Th- it's not necessarily feet, but metaphorically speaking, right. filtering now what we're hearing from the world through God's word. And that was the other point that we wanted to be sure to make about the information overload because... There is so much information coming at us at any particular moment. We can look up any topic, any subject, any preacher, whatever suits our fancy at the moment. And, um, you know, the, the good part about that is that we can be very well educated. The bad part about that is that we are then bombarded with information that our brain is constantly having to process. Is this, is this true? Is this biblical? Um, is this real? Is this right? Is this pleasing to God? And um, it, it, it can be very daunting because, like you said, like you said, so much of what is presented to us sounds good and it sounds right. And and um, some sometimes that little little bit of lies mixed in with a little bit of truth. And then it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not. Right. And, um, in Philippians 4, 8, it says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, which is moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, that is, dwell on these things. And I just thought about, um, you know, like a colander that we use when we're cooking and how that filters out, it separates what we want to keep from what we don't want to keep and what we're trying to get rid of and how God's word is that, is that filter. It's that colander. And when we, um, when we strain this information that we're being bombarded with through this filter of truth and goodness and purity and loveliness and moral excellence, that's when it all comes out in the wash. Mm-hmm. When we use that as the standard by which we're judging the information that we're processing. I agree completely. Yes. That's a really good point. I said I was going to quit saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, 
I told somebody the other day, I said, I was listening back and I was getting on my own nerves. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop saying yes. Oh, gosh. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Elizabeth pointed out last week that her husband can handle the news, but she can't. Yes. So she can't. in my home. Yeah. And I said that. I said, yeah. well, you're the perfect feeling for Kayla. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> she doesn't like any of that. She keeps her stuff. She said, you know, I just try to keep myself set apart. And that was her. For her, she can't take those things in and yeah. keep herself set apart. I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know what the right word is, step out of that a little bit or be a little bit more open because what I, what I am finding, especially since you and I have started this process is that because I have done that, um, and it, it really makes me upset. I'm, I'm trying not to cry about it because what I'm seeing is that I've missed, um, some important things happening in the church and in um, my faith that makes, it breaks my heart yeah. that I didn't know. Yeah. And it's because of that wall that I've built up around myself. It's that, it's that isolation that I've put myself in that's allowed me to miss things that I needed to be aware of and that I needed to be praying about. I needed to be countering with truth and, um, yeah. I guess the Lord just awakened me to say you can't stay in that place anymore right. and be effective. That's what I'm that's what he's showing me. Because you, he wants us to be in the world. Yes. But not of it. Yeah, and, and, and effective in it. I right. can't I can I can go to my job and I can go to my house and I can do the things that I always do, but what am I really effectively doing for the kingdom? I'm teaching at church. Well I'm I mean, these, most of these people I'm teaching to, they already know everything I'm saying. You, you know what I'm they saying? They could be teaching the class. <laughs> they could be teaching the class. And so right. when, I don't know, I've just really been thinking about that more and more because I do want to be effective and I do want to reach the unreachable and I do want to affect change in society and in, in, in churches, which is my heart. And I can't do that if I don't know what's going on. Right. Right. And that's. One reason we're doing this podcast. That's yeah. one reason why we're doing it. Because I talked to someone today who had li- just listened to to some things for the first time. And she said, so many people don't know the things that y'all are talking. Some of, you know, yeah. so many, she said, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> We've never heard of these things before. And that's why we want to right. do this. We had never heard of these things either. Right. But when they were brought to our attention, just through study and, and listening to some different people. Right. Um, we thought, gosh, everybody needs to know right. this. People need to know. And 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 for me, it's wrong for me to keep silent. Like as much as I, you know, this is not my comfort zone. This is as much as I love to to teach. This particular platform um, is very vulnerable. I'm, I feel very vulnerable doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Does Absolutely. that make sense? Like hundred yeah, percent. Um, so much so, and so this would not necessarily be my ideal means to. Um, to do this, but number one, it it is the opportunity that we've been given. And then the other thing is, is that look like a fool. If, if it educates somebody about what's going on, then, then, then I will, I will let myself be vulnerable in this way for the possibility that someone might be made aware, you know, and not be deceived or not be deceived or deluded. Uh, I talked to you about, and I don't, 
oh, I shouldn't even say it because I don't remember his name, but he was saying that about the when he was in when he was in a certain movement. He said, "I really truly thought I was enlightened." The guy we listened to this morning, or another guy? Not Dave Stovall, the okay. audio adrenaline. Oh yeah. Not it was not, not him, him, but another guy. It was another guy, but he was saying that when he was in, he yeah. was in a more of a new age movement, and that's what he was saying that when he was in that place, he felt enlightened. Yeah, Dave Stovall said the he, same thing he this morning. Said yeah, it too. He really did. He, he did. Said, he said, I mean, he literally said that phrase too. I felt more enlightened than my parents, r- my rural Southern parents. That I thought, oh, they're so stupid, they don't know what's going on in the real world. Right. Yeah. Because he'd been out in the world. He was. He wasn't the lead singer of Audio Adrenaline, but he was. He was in the. I he did, was in the band. Yeah, he did. I don't remember his particular me either role but, either, but yeah, yeah. But he was in the band, and he was in worship. He was in worship. He yeah. led worship. He, in I the was going to say he must have been one of the singers because he he went on to be the praise and worship leader at this church that at he the church um, finally was mentored and right yeah, and kind of came out of that yeah progressive movement yeah so scary. Another scripture that is. Um, just so meaningful, I think, for us as we are learning how to discern and just remembering that we are called to be a discerning people. And that discernment comes from God's word. It says in Hebrews um, 4, 12 and 13, for the word of God is living and powerful. And we talked about that a while back too. just that that living nature of God's word Um, and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Yeah. Living and moving. And powerful. And that I, I just loved, and I and I did some cross-reference about that no, things not being hidden and just the reality that everything that's so evil right now and those things that the enemy seems to be doing without any check, like nobody's checking him. He's just doing it, you know, blatantly and all of that. And, um, and then, and then those things that are the undercurrent that are going unnoticed that he sees all of that. Yeah. And though, though we may be ignorant of things that are going on, God is not. And, and these, these people that think that, um, that that their evil is is not being watched. God is watching, and He knows exactly um, the outcome of it. And yeah, you can't I hide lo- forever. I love that somebody. I listened to somebody the other day, and they pointed out that you know we. I'm sure you've seen the Satan shoes. The, yes, the, the Satan shoes. Yes, uh, but what um, someone I heard someone else point out the other day that God's going to use that. He uses everything for his good. And, you know, actually it probably is a good thing because it raises awareness. It makes people think right. it makes people take Who a am I side. Supporting? Who am I supporting? It makes people take a side. It makes people, it fires up his people right. in anger. Um, you know, it's actually, it's what Satan intends for harm. God intends for good. Yeah. And, He's not going to win, so it's he's o- not going to win. It's okay, um, and basically, it's not okay that there are Satan shoes out there. But yes. don't don't be so angry about it. Right, I guess was her point that that God's got this; He's in control, yes. and and take a stand. Oh, absolutely. Don't, you know, be careful where you spend your money. You know, make those necessary um, decisions. But right. if it's just anger, then 
All that right. does is make you internal. <laughs> right. The First um, John two twenty four and twenty seven. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son, and in the Father. And this is the promise that He's promised us: eternal life. Mm. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. So to me, that is come to the Lord and his word with this information that you're getting Sit down with him and let him show you what's true and what's not true. And that's that Holy Spirit teaching you. Yeah. And, you know, you said earlier in this podcast that that takes work. And that's that's the work that it takes. The work that it takes is then taking all of this information. You hear a teaching that you're not sure. You hear a teaching even that sounds great. Take that teaching. Come to the Lord with it in his word and say, okay, God, what, what does your word say about this? Oh, yeah, I see this in your word. That is what your word has to say about this. Or, or no, this doesn't line up with what your, what your word says. And that's how we filter. And that's how we let the Holy Spirit teach us. And I think that as Christ followers in this age, especially in this age of information, that's the way yeah. that we are going to know what's true and what's a lie. And be able to counter those things. That was the other to th- someone else. That was the other thing that he pointed out this morning in the the Dave Cheval, um, Stovall. Stovall, sorry, the Dave Stovall um, interview. He was saying that okay, as someone that that wants to be able to speak to a person who is being affected by progressive teaching, what can we do? And and his biggest um, piece of advice was know what God's word says. Be educate yourself so that when you are presented with this information, you know what to say to someone in that instead of just saying, oh, I think that's wrong. Like you need to know why it's wrong. You need to be able to say, no, this is what truth really is. No, this is how we know God's word is true. This is how we know it was actually God inspired. This is how we know. And if those are the things that we can be proactive in doing is that we can be educating ourselves so that we know what truth is and we can counter the lie. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to us. And um, we hope that this has been educational. We hope that it has been enlightening and we hope that you can go back and do, do the work, do the work. And we will see y'all again next week.